Well, if there are 10 communion services a year, how many of you think that in your life you've been in at least 100? That'd be you've been in communion services for 10 years. Most of you. How many have been in 200? You've been in them for 20 years. Yeah, grab a piece of paper and a pencil. By this time, you know, really, we should know the, the communion story, the death of Jesus Christ story, you know, virtually every detail. Every detail we should know. So why don't you do this quickly? Why don't you just write down ten people who were at the cross? Ten people who were there. Don't write Pharisees, that's a group. Ten individual people who were at the cross scene. Kids, you ought to be able to do this too. Lots of you are at least 10, 12, 14. I'm going to give you one. Jesus was there. In case you forget to write that one down, I don't want you to miss Jesus. How many have your ten? How many have at least five? Let's go for five. Okay, good. We're cruising in. You got Jesus, of course. You got Mary, the mother of Jesus, of course. You got John, right? Because he has a conversation. So you, you got John. Of course, you got the two thieves. You didn't miss those, of course. You got Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was there. Peter was there in the distance, but there, he says it clearly in his book that he wrote that he was there watching, eyewitness. Mary, the mother of James the Less, and Joseph, she was there. That's one you might have missed. Mary, not Mary, Salome, Salome, the mother of James and John, she was there, of course. Nicodemus was there. Joseph of Arimathea was there. How many of you think Barabbas was there? You think Barabbas got freed and he didn't show up at the cross? I think he was there. The text doesn't say that, though. We're guessing. But if we get Jesus and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and John and Mary Magdalene and Peter in the distance and Mary, the mother of James, the last, and Joseph, that's Cleopas' wife, by the way, and Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and Salome, the mother of James and John, and the two thieves and you know, then we got Pharisees and soldiers, the rulers of the Jews. We got the centurion. That's an individual person. He was there. The question to ask, of course, would be what were they thinking? What were they thinking individually? 
I think that would be the question to ask. And I think they'd have different thoughts. But that's not what I want to do tonight. I want to imagine something else. We, we, just, have to, we just have to imagine tonight. I want, I want you to turn on your imagination and imagine that God lifted a curtain and the Old Testament saints could watch the crucifixion. The Old Testament saints were not in heaven. You understand that? They were not in heaven at the time of the crucifixion because Jesus Christ had not died in space and time yet, so their sins were not covered. You can't get into heaven until your sins are covered. So Jesus tells a story about the rich man and Lazarus, and Lazarus dies, and he goes to where? Abraham's bosom. Jesus said to the thief, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Apparently that's the place Old Testament people went before the death of Jesus Christ, because if you lived in the Old Testament, even if you were a believer, when you died, you couldn't go straight to heaven because your sins actually hadn't been covered, actually hadn't been paid for. The blood of bulls and goats can never take away sins. So their sins were not taken care of yet. They were not expiated yet, not in space and time. So they went to a different place. Let's suppose in that place God could peel back the curtain. And in Abraham's bosom, in paradise... These Old Testament saints that we've read about all our lives, let's imagine they could watch the crucifixion. Let's imagine they were standing there on the hill. What would they think? Let's suppose, through the open curtain, that Adam and Eve could stand on the hill just back from the cross. What would they think? I think that Adam and Eve would think back and they would stand there and they would think we did this some of you are nodding you, you get why they would they would think back and realize they were in the garden of Eden and it was perfect and they lived that way for some period of time in perfection and then they listened to the devil's lies and they made that terrible, rebellious choice. And they were kicked out of the garden. And God left them this little promise that one day, from the seed of the woman, would come someone to take care of what they had done. I think if Adam and Eve were standing there, they would stand there with 
regret because they would think we did this. It's true for all of us, but I think they would feel it most sincerely. If Abraham was there, if he could see through the curtain and stand on the hill and he would see Jesus Christ die, what would run through Abraham's mind? And I think some of you know. You say, well, Pastor McNeil, you don't really know. No. But I'm pretty sure, and so are you. Because you think he could not stand there on that hill and not think about what he did with his son on Mount Moriah. You know that story in Genesis 22. You know where God says, take your son and take him up on that mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. And so he gets the wood and he puts it on Isaac's back and they make that journey to Mount Moriah and they, they get to the base of the hill and the servant stays behind and, and Isaac and Abraham start to go up the hill and Isaac says, hey, we've got the wood and I, I see that we've got the fire here, but where's the lamb? And Abraham offers that classic response, God himself will provide a lamb. And I think Abraham, standing, watching this on Calvary's hill, he would have thought back to that day, and maybe more than anyone else, he would have thought about God the Father. That's what I think Abraham would have been doing. He would have been thinking about God the Father. I think it's amazing that Isaac was willing to go up that mountain. When they got up there and Abraham said what was going to happen and Isaac had to lay down on that altar and I don't think Abraham could have made it. And I might think about the willingness of Isaac to go, but that's not what I think Abraham would have thought about. I think Abraham would have been thinking about God the Father and what it meant for God the Father at that moment in time to know that he could stop this. <clears throat> Abraham's got his knife up in the air. The text says he's about to kill him. And God stops him from heaven and says, don't do it. There's a ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham knows what it felt like right then, and I think he's thinking about the love of God the Father and what it's like for a father to give his son If Aaron was there, if Aaron was there on the mountain, Aaron's that great Old Testament high priest. <clears throat> Every time you sinned, you had to take a lamb down to the tabernacle. I don't know how this quite worked. 
I've thought about this over time. If you sin, you've got to take a lamb down to the, down to the tabernacle. How many times would you have had to take a lamb down there? Right? Gary, if you had to take a lamb down to the tabernacle every time you sinned, how big a flock would you have to have? Bigger than uh, Bigger? <laughs> You'd have to have a big flock, Tobias. I'm telling you, you'd have to have a big flock. Here's the deal. They're taking it down to the tabernacle and you know they're putting their hands on it and the high priest is putting his hand on it and then he's slitting their throat. How many lambs do you think that Aaron the high priest was a part of them being sacrificed? A million plus. It's really interesting. I wrote in my notes, it must have been a million. Of course, I was kind of exaggerating. I, I, I really, truthfully, I can't imagine how many If Aaron could have got it on the hill that all the lambs looked toward this one and when Jesus spoke from the cross and said, it is finished, and he meant it was the last lamb's death that would ever occur, do you think that would have mattered to Aaron? I think Aaron would have been thinking about even though he didn't know the verse that the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sins. When Hebrews talks about Jesus coming, it says he doesn't have to go into the Holy of Holies every year like Aaron and offer blood year after year after year, but he offers himself, and the text says it clearly, once for all. And truthfully, Truthfully, it doesn't mean as much to us as it would to Aaron because we weren't a part of the Old Testament sacrificial system. But if every time we sinned, our family sinned, we had to take a lamb down to the tabernacle, it would matter to us that a sacrifice was once for all. How about Moses? The curtain could part and Moses would stand there. What would Moses think about? What scene would come to his mind? What would he think about when he sees Jesus on the cross? Well, the Apostle John, quoting Jesus, he says, as Moses lifted up the... What's the verse say? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Maybe Moses would think about that day. Maybe he'd see Jesus on the cross and he'd think, my word. Is that what that was a picture of? It was. Would Moses figure it out? The people sin, the snakes come into the camp, people are being bitten, they're dying, thousands, thousands of people, not dozens, thousands. God says, put a snake on the pole and tell the people all they have to do is and all they have to do is look. 
Could Moses see the devastation of sin and the simplicity of salvation? Could he see it on the mountain? The devastation of sin and the simplicity of salvation. Could a child, could a child bitten in the Old Testament story, could he look on the cross and live? Could he look at a snake on the pole and live? Could a child do it? How about if David was there? David who wrote in Psalm 22, they have pierced his hands and feet. When he saw Jesus on the cross, nailed to the cross, and he knows he wrote those words in Psalm 22, would it make sense across the years? Could the shepherd boy turn king, figure it out that a shepherd has to die for the sheep? Would he get it? If Ruth and Boaz were there, Their story's famous for lots of things. It's, it's one of the greatest love stories of all time. Even secular authors say that the story of Ruth and Boaz is one of the great love stories of all history. But of course, one of the themes that underlines the story of Boaz and Ruth is there has to be a kinsman redeemer, a goel, a kinsman redeemer. It, it's a central piece of the story that somebody has to pay the redemption price for Ruth. And Boaz goes down and he meets down there at the, at the gates to the city. And he says, I want to pay the redemption price. I want to be the kinsman redeemer. Would Ruth and Boaz be understanding this was the kinsman redeemer? This was them. This was the price. One mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who came to give his life as a ransom to pay the price. If Noah was there, what would he think? We know Noah's story. We know his claim to fame. He built the ark. How would he see the scene? What would he see? When I was a kid, my dad went to Israel on a trip and he took pictures, really popular at that time. He brought back his pictures and he showed them. He went to Israel when, in about 1965. I was seven years old. I still remember one picture, though. I remember that outside where they say Calvary was. And there's the hill there with the shape of a, a skull. And you can still see it. 
and underneath it is a bus terminal. It's just, it still sits in my mind. My dad took a picture of what they believed Calvary was, and then he stepped back and took another picture, and there's a, a bus terminal right there. No one's paying any attention. When Noah built the ark, how many people, how many people were saved? Eight. How many people died? Millions? Billions, maybe? I'm telling you, a huge number of the world was filled. And all those people died because they rejected this one way of salvation. And I think Noah would see it again. He would see that people, they're not going to see it. They're going to miss it. I was interested how few of you thought Barabbas was there. I'm positive he was there. Just what I think. I'm positive Barabbas is on the hill. I don't think he's up front, but I think he's there. Because this was a truly life-changing moment for Barabbas. And if Barabbas is on the hill, what's he thinking? Well, you don't know if he's there, but if he is there, we all know what he's thinking. He's thinking, that cross was for me. That's what he's thinking. No question. He knows that cross his. You say, well, Pastor McNeil, you're only imagining. Yep. I am saying all the Old Testament stories relate to the cross. That's a fact. But I am imagining what they're thinking. You know what the bigger question is? The bigger question is, if you were there, what would you have been thinking? You weren't, and I know it. But if you were, if you were standing on the edge of the crowd, watching the crucifixion scene play out, knowing what you know, what would you be thinking? But some of you are ahead of me because you know that's not really the important question. The important question is, what are you thinking? Everybody's here tonight. Everybody's thinking something. You do know this, right? It's not my job to make you think the right things. That's not my job. 
It's only my job to spur you on to think the right things. Everybody gets to choose what they think when they stop and think about Jesus dying. I've just suggested there are real things to think. We're going to pass the elements in a few minutes. We all know what they mean. You've been in 200 communions or 500 communions. You know what the elements mean. The question isn't really what do the elements mean, but what are we thinking when we're taking the elements? That's the question. And I don't always do this, but for all the children in the room, you get to choose what you think too. All the teens in the room, you're responsible for what you think. And all the adults in the room, we get to choose what we think. Let's sing a song together. Let's sing page 206. Let's stand together while we do it, and deacons, you make your way down to the front, will you?